Greetings and welcome to One for the Road. I'm your host, Randy Schlichting. My co-host, Bob Carter, is out and about today, but I have the distinct pleasure of being joined in studio by Carl and Sherry Wilhelm and Joe Chu. I have to tell you that Joe Chu was the first man who discipled me when I came to Perimeter almost 17 or maybe 18 years ago now, and he left a mark on my life that has really resonated throughout all these years, so It'll be exciting for me to ask him questions about how he's come alongside other people and specifically uh, working with couples. That'll be the theme of our discussion today. And then Carl and Sherry Wilhelm, most of you know who they are. They have ministered here in deep and rich and wonderful and powerful ways by the uh, love of Christ over many, many years. So I'm excited to hear from them today. As I mentioned, our topic really has to do with spiritual care, how we as elders are called to shepherd the flock. And what does that mean? And how do we identify when marriages are struggling and how do we get people help? So Sherry and Carl and Joe will just lend a dramatic amount of wealth of their wisdom to that topic as we discuss it. So I'm glad you're joining us today. Thanks so much. I want to just encourage you to listen up as I really just ask the questions and they answer in a way that only they can because of the wisdom that they have. So enjoy now, One for the Road. Well, welcome. Thanks, thanks, guys, for joining uh, with me. Uh, I, I want to start off by asking this question, general question, open the field. You guys jump on wherever you want to. Uh, Sherry always has right of first refusal on anything here because she's the, she's the female amongst us all. I, I want you guys to talk a bit, first of all, of what are the surface issues you see in marriage? You guys probably collectively have 50, 60, I don't know how many years of, of working with people when people come in and they're struggling, what are the issues on the surface that you see? And then maybe we'll dig down to, you know, what, what are the root issues and the causes and those type of things. So just off the top of your head, what, what are the presenting problems, I guess, psychologists would say? Okay, I'll start. Uh, I think generally what I see is I'm right, you're wrong. And so they come in and, 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 uh, and they basically wanted to uh, uh, have us to be on their side and to change the other person. I guess I notice mostly the superficial relationships between spouses. They uh, communicate on a utilitarian basis and not, not with intimacy, and that's probably the, the one big thing that I notice in couples when there's problems coming down the pike. Okay. And they have issues that they haven't addressed in years and years before they come to get help, so they've fallen into old patterns that aren't working. Okay, so there's this sense of, we've been doing this for a long time, but they don't really know maybe it's built up. And they come in pointing the finger saying, I'm right, she's wrong. Right. And there's been this kind of transactional utilitarian mindset. So, so where do you go from there? When you, and my guess is that's the generic case that comes in. What's step one for us, as are you, as you begin... If you know that, yeah, it's a yeah, step one. I, I, I think in 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 step one, I've learned this a lot from from Carl and Sherry. Step one is to listen. I think a lot of times when couples come to us, they are they're in pain, they're in stress, they're in conflict, and so the first thing we do is just to listen, just to listen, let them uh, let them share what's in their heart, right or wrong, uh, and and as we listen, we begin to. 
to hear uh, their, not only the, uh, you know, what they want, but also uh, what they need, but also what they want. Mm -hmm. Okay, so step one, listening. And then? I'd say um, pointing them to the gospel, just giving them hope, because our lives as Christians should believe, should be different. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And unfortunately, for many Christians, we aren't any different than the world, but, mm -hmm. but giving them hope for change. Do you see, um, when you have couples come in, maybe I address this to you, Sherry, what's the difference in the, when the, in the woman and the man when they come in with a marriage? What is she, where's her pain part, uh, maybe I'll call it that, and where is his, and is it different? Maybe the root's the same, but at that top level, do you see something different with men and women that come in? And do you need to approach them differently, maybe? I think by the time women come in, they've really had it. Mm. You know, they try and put up with a lot for a long time, and they just yeah. kind of have given up and saying, I can't do this anymore. Okay. You know, I find you, you, you caused me to think that uh, I find the men a lot, of, and a lot of times are coming in saying, well, we need to fix this. <laughs> Here, are the, what are the four things we need to do to get this fixed? Right. And she right. is just so over it. It's like there ain't any fixing of this thing. And he's thinking, but there's got to be three things. I, I can go to Jiffy Lube and get the car done. Go over here and get this done, and then we can fix this marriage. Or better yet, she can be fixed, right. and then then we're going to be good here. Yeah, there's a tendency for the men to to look at it as a as a project, something that they can solve. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a lot of the times, is that they've neglected to nurture and to cherish. Uh, their wife, and that's that's been the 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 hopeless case in the in the sense of the woman, and she's sort of kind of given up hope because she doesn't feel cherished anymore, mm -hmm. because she's treated almost like okay now you've conquered me, so now you're moving on to the next project, and so not only that he wants to fix it, but part of the time I have a fa a sense that uh, they're kind of clueless in terms of how even to fix it. <laughs> Or what they've done wrong. What they've done wrong, correct. And there's also the fact that for often with men, they will say, I said I was sorry, get over it. <laughs> well, I, I did, didn't I? <laughs> I said I was sorry, I'm going to change the light bulb. Okay, what else What else could you possibly want? Yeah, that's, that's, that's well put. That's right. That makes sense. G give me a sense of once they come in, I want to give people a sense of what happens kind of in the black box here. You know, they refer someone in, so Joe said, well, we listened to him. Sherry said, well, we talked to them about the gospel a little bit. But Carl, can you talk a little bit about maybe the process in general? What do we do? When do we put a team? Maybe a little bit about that, and, and how does it work? Unfortunately, we, we get the people coming in when the problem's really gotten bad and they're desperate. And they usually come expecting that the church is going to fix their problem. Uh, our role is not to fix it. Only God can do that. Uh, a husband cannot fix his wife or vice versa, but he can fix himself with God's help. So as we listen to them, uh, I have found it very effective to hold a mirror up to them and uh, just let them know, you, you people communicate poorly you hurt each other. You need to learn new behaviors, new habits, new new methods of communication. You need help, and and then watch for the sin uh, factor to show up because it, at the root 
of it all is the spiritual problem. And the, the intimacy with God is, is all, always at risk when there's a breakdown in the intimacy of the marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. And uh, our role is to present them uh, Jesus as a solution and to show them how Jesus would, would treat his bride and tell them to use that as the model. Then, depending on the situation, we, we have a process in place that would put them into the loving care of a group of people who will uh, shepherd them as they go through a process of restoring and, and uh, reconciling their relationships. That's well put. You made me think that usually when couples come in here, they're, they're at one another. And, and often I've said to them, in fact, we joked just the other day about a couple, I said, quit talking to one another. And the group was kind of saying, what do you mean? They got, eventually they got to talk to them. And I was saying, they've got to communicate with Christ first. It's a vertical issue first and foremost, more so than it's a horizontal issue. And in helping people say, quit worrying about what your spouse is doing or not doing or saying or not saying or whatever. Talk to Christ here and get right with Christ. And, and from that, he will teach you about forgiveness and love and the ability to persevere and confront and truth and love and that kind of stuff. And put a proper boundaries, those things. But you've got to go here first vertically before you can go can go horizontally. And what's your experience been? Yeah, I think uh, to, to, to just a little, elaborate a little bit on, on what you both have said, I think uh, biblically we are called to do that in terms of Galatians 6. One says when somebody is caught in sin, you who are more spiritual, restore them gently. Mm -hmm. And so we listened, we sort of kind of identify what the issues are, and then we, we form a team that sort of kind of try to mirror and to sort of kind of uh, see where what they need to how they need to uh, get right with God first, uh, and and so when when they respond to that, uh, a lot of the times our role or our process we just walk them through uh, what we call a biblical reconciliation or biblical conciliation, where then they they go through the process of confession, and repentance, and then uh, you know conciliation with uh, with the other person in this case their spouse. So our process walked them through that uh, issue where we first, you know, make them right with God, which is what you say, the vertical aspect of things. And then uh, once they are right with God through, through a sense of, of, of confession and repentance, then they can begin to relate horizontally to one another. But again, the, the biblical principle is still the same. You still have to, to confess and to, to get the, the you know, the... Uh, the log of your own eye before you try to remove the speck on the other person. So that's that's really uh, what what really undergirds our process. It's really to, to make people see that it's not all the other person's fault. Mm -hmm. It's really my I have a responsibility for my actions, and uh, I need to respond even when somebody sin against me in a biblical way. It's interesting as you're sharing that. I'm thinking that sounds like a great process. I mean, I, I say that, obviously I'm in it and I do it, but to be able to say that makes sense to walk through. So question maybe for Sherry would be, why would people not get in this process? I mean, we have, right now I can just share on, on tape that we have maybe 40 couples that we're working with in various forms and stages and whatnot. You know, we have 2,500 families here all together, so I'm sure there are more. What do you think prevents people from 
from getting in? If it's as good as what Joe just said, why, why don't we have more? I think for a lot of reasons, um, there's pride involved. It's very humiliating to mm -hmm. admit that you're stuck and that mm -hmm. even some of the behaviors that you've gotten into, you don't want other people to know. You don't even want your kids to know in the house. Um, I think they, um, somebody's told them sometimes that they, the church is hard on them, that it's not going to be an easy process. I think there are a lot of reasons why they don't come, but I think the pride and humiliation is a, mm. is a hard one. But yeah, And they still see it more as a punitive when they come to the church, that the church may punish them for mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. faults mm -hmm. if they were to confess. Yeah. So they see this not as a redeeming process, they, they, see, they see it as a punitive process. Well, let me go deep here, and, and we may need to edit this off the tape, okay? So we will if we need to, but uh, hope we will. Talk about your marriages a little bit. And, and, and Joe, your oh, wife's not here. wait a minute here. here. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's wife's not here, so she will get a copy of it, Joe. Stop uh, meddling. <laughs> <laughs> um, about maybe when, when you struggle, or what have been the signs and symptoms in, in your marriage, and um, how have you overcome personally that? Like what Sherry just, just talked about, that uh, I don't want people to know, or, you know, Whatever it might be, how, how have you dealt with it? Maybe I'll share a little bit too at some point in time here, but I think it'd be good for people to hear that, boy, you, we don't have these perfect marriages that kind of glow in the dark all the time and, and whatnot. So I don't know who wants to start with that one, but uh, how about Carl? <laughs> <laughs> oh. when, when have you not loved her like Jesus loves the church, I guess is what we want to know, Carl. Uh, I think the better question is when did I start? <laughs> <laughs> oh. It was so easy after we were married, and especially as the workload and the, uh, got heavy for, for me, and then children came along for us, it was so easy to uh, allow our relationship to slip into ruts of inappropriate behavior towards each other. <clears throat> and uh, unfortunately, it's very rare that you find a couple where one of the spouse gets up in the morning and intentionally plans on how they can hurt their mate mm. during the day. That's, mm. that's rare. That's true. Yet at the same time, we unintentionally do it. And, and for us, it was my heavy workload not being available. Sherry had children tying her down. And we found that, that uh, our roles separated us rather than drawing us together and um, <clears throat> at the same time during that period of time we also spiritually were dry mm -hmm. and needed um, needed a renewal I guess of our understanding of who God was mm -hmm. and uh, we had some very very low years uh, almost to the point of losing our marriage but then, but we looked good on the outside to other people. Mm. Yes, nobody mm. would have guessed mm. that we had. How'd you guys come to the point where you said, "Well, we need a little help or encouragement here," and I'm, I'm leading somewhere with that. But I think friends I and people who knew us were concerned and could see the reality and yeah. spoke into our lives. 
Yeah, and see that, maybe I want to go take this the last five minutes or so we have this conversation to that end, that people who know people help people. So you guys had yes. shared the story with me before about someone finally came to you and said, you guys are struggling. I'm, sense, I'm seeing the signs and symptoms here. Yes. And you guys have the God-given <clears throat> wisdom to say, I need help. The same thing for Dorothy and I. You know, we've had struggles or issues with children or whatever to have good people around you saying, Brother, you're not loving her like I'm seeing the way you talk to her, look at her, whatever it might be, to have people around who will do that. I mean, what's been your experience, Joe, with you and you and Judy? I think a similar experience. Uh, I think not so much uh, directly that people say that to us, but there are people who are praying for us mm -hmm. because they see us, uh, as Carl and Sherry has mentioned, uh, working as separate individuals rather than working as a team. Mm -hmm. uh, Judy was involved uh, with Bible Study Fellowship. I was involved with Stephen Ministry and the elders. And, and so we were involved in the marriage ministry at that time. So really, I, I think uh, people were concerned, people were praying for us uh, and lifting us up. Uh, and, um, and as we were busy doing that and, and not uh, cherishing and nourishing each other, um, I, I think God created circumstances where we were forced to sort of kind of communicate and, and share with one another. So there, uh, there's no one person or no, no particular individuals that cause us to do that, but I think the, the circumstances that God created sometimes also help uh, in, in bringing us to a point of saying, look, you know, um, this is not reflecting of a God-honoring uh, uh, marriage when we are doing separate things rather than uh, being involved so deeply in separate things but not being able to share with one another in terms of uh, some of the issues. That's well put. I want to maybe close this time with, with asking a couple questions about, just think those who are listening to this now, in terms of, and maybe Sherry, start with you again, um, maybe women who would be out there who would have a friend and they'd look at that marriage and say, I'm smelling something. What do they do? What would you say to that woman? I think I, we need to learn to listen well. That's back to what we said at the beginning, to learn to ask good questions. I will often say, can we get together for a cup of coffee and then just dig in? Okay. And if on that level they're feeling like, wow, this is over my head, uh, is, it, is it call Sherry Wilhelm? Is that, is that the next step or... No, I tell them to call Bob Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's not here today, so uh, yeah, call Bob, please. 1-800-CALL-BOB. Uh, no, actually, in the, in the spiritual care ministry, uh, Sherry and other women work with us, and, and we have a wealth of uh, uh, just very capable people. So if you are at that point where you're saying, this is over my head, yeah, you put the phone call into us, and then we'll, we'll come alongside. When you're stuck. When you're stuck, right, when you're stuck. What about... Um, uh, Carl, maybe the, the, the people out there um, who are stuck, not the people who are observing it, but people who be listening to this are thinking, uh, I probably got an issue in my marriage here, or I probably do have a, or really, I've got a challenge here. Is it the same thing for them, or what would you recommend uh, to them? Swallow your pride, admit your weakness, and go for help. Well put. well put. Joe, closing remarks. I think in addition to that, uh, do not neglect, uh, obviously the, the answer still is the gospel, as, as Carl has said. So do not neglect uh, 
reflecting and spending time and, and doing all that uh, with the Word of God open before you and, and meditating on, on the issues uh, through, the, through the Word of God. That's well put. Paul, thank you guys for being here with us uh, today and just, just sharing that. There we could talk, I can tell you, for hours about this topic. I want to just say to those who be listening that there is a process here. Carl, Sherry, Joe, and others have really spent hours laboring and praying, thinking through what does it mean to get someone into the system to help them along, to not be heavy-handed, but to speak the truth in love, and to have people praying and to point to the gospel and all those things. So if you need help, we are here. If you know someone, we are here. Our call and our mandate is to shepherd the flock, and that's absolutely what we uh, want to do. So thanks for joining with us today. We look forward to seeing you on the next edition of One for the Road.